You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson Nation, and welcome into the Locked On Clemson Podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Happy Monday. It's back already. It's going to be a long work week, but I'm going to get you through it, starting with this episode. Part two of the three-episode saga, Clemson All-Decade Team Defense. Can't wait to get into this one. We did offense on Friday. We're doing defense today. We'll be doing the All-Decade Team tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors, Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for a 20% discount on your first order. With that said, please subscribe to the Lockdown Clemson Podcast wherever you find your podcast. That way you can get the episodes as they drop, when they drop. We don't want to miss a single one. We're going to keep you up to date with all things Clemson Athletics. Be sure to rate and review the show once you're done listening. Thanks again for all your support. Let's get into it. All-team decade defense. Let's go. All right. Let's get into it. Quick reminder to everyone, these are my picks for the all-decade defense. You might have some guys on there that I have. You might not have some guys on there that I have. So it's all subjective. Everyone is correct. It's all Clemson Tigers. Let's get into it. Starting with the cornerbacks in segment one, we're going to go with McKenzie Alexander and A.J. Terrell, two guys that I really think have epitomized the cornerback position for the Tigers over the years. We've had a lot of really good cornerbacks, but these two are the ones that I think stand out the most. Now, there's some other guys that really stepped up, and you know, you might have one on there. We'll talk about this in a second, but I really like these guys. McKenzie Alexander was one of those guys that did not have a whole lot of stats when it comes to interceptions or pass breakups or anything like that because teams knew, do not throw it to that guy's side of the field. He's also a rangy tackler for a short guy, very long arms for a guy that's only about 5'10", Maybe he, he might be teetering five, nine, but uh really sound fundamental and technique player. He was really one of the better cornerbacks that we've had in a long time. We're looking to have another guy like that step up in the future. We were thinking that guy was going to be a guy like Darion Kendrick just really hadn't stepped up to be that level of a cornerback yet. But McKenzie Alexander was in a class of his own really good football player. He's doing some great things in the NFL right now. So I have him as my cornerback lock. The other guy I have is AJ Terrell. Uh, I went back and forth with Trayvon Mullen and A.J. Terrell. Both guys played on the same team. I feel like A.J. Terrell was tested a little more often than Trayvon Mullen, and it's not necessarily the same situation as Trayvon Mullen and McKenzie Alexander. I just feel like A.J. Terrell was the guy that's, you you know, hey, this is a young guy. Let's go after him. It did not work out. Uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa in the national championship found that out pretty quickly for pick six. A.J. Terrell had the great combination of height and speed. He's 6'1", teetering 6'2", uh, ran that 4'3", 4'4", very long arms, great ball skills as well. A lot of people gave him flack for the game that he had against Jamar Chase in the national championship, but people don't understand Jamar Chase, what he did in that game, and he did that whole season for 2019 LSU. He's going to do that in the NFL now, and we're seeing what a guy like Justin Jefferson is doing for the Vikings. <laughs> Those receivers were just ungodly good. So. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass on that. And I also told people this is not going to affect his NFL draft stock. And it didn't. A.J. Terrell has the right makeup to be the right cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons. Terrible team, but that's not necessarily his fault. I think those two are the best cornerbacks that we've had in a while. Again, Trayvon Mullen, another cornerback that I had on that list. Cordrea Tankersley uh, reminds me a lot of A.J. Terrell, the guy that 
was getting picked on a lot because he was playing with McKenzie Alexander, but he was out there catching interceptions like nobody's business. So really like Quadrea Tankersley. Some other guys that I really like was Marcus Edmond. You know, we remember him for tackling James Quick and getting him out of bounds before first down uh, against Louisville in 2016. He was very instrumental in that. He also had the interception against Ryan Finley down in Death Valley to uh, take the game and put it in Clemson's hands for overtime. So really like Marcus Edmond. He was a little smaller than we liked, but great player. And then Bashad Breeland. <laughs> we see what he's doing right now with the Chiefs. He's had some issues here and there, but what a fantastic player for the Tigers while he was there. But again, I'm going to go with McKenzie Alexander and A.J. Terrell for this segment. Uh, let's go over to the safeties now. Safety is something that Clemson has had some issue with uh, <laughs> since some of these players have left, but I really like the two guys that I picked for this one. It's kind of strange because Clemson has like a caveat with the safety, and I'll talk about this in the next segment, but I'm going to go with Kayvon Wallace and DeAndre McDaniel. DeAndre McDaniel, in my opinion, was the best safety for Clemson in the 2010s to 2020s uh, seasons. I just felt like he was that guy that really set the tone for the Tigers. Um, just a tenacious safety, rangy, could play linebacker type. He was the first guy that they kind of lined up in like a hybrid role. And, I, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. I, I've already prefaced it, but DeAndre McDaniel was just that guy. And then Kayvon Wallace, a lot of people might be surprised that I put him on this list, is a best safety of the decade. Well, I really can't find another safety outside of Robert Smith. He's one of the guys that I have as an honorable mention um, that had a motor like Kayvon Wallace. Kayvon Wallace talked a lot of smack, but he also put up a lot behind that. He went after people. Uh, he had a motor. He just had this no-quit attitude, and that's why I like Kayvon Wallace so much. Uh, he's not as flashy and talented as some of the other guys that you've seen playing the position for the Tigers in the past. But I really like his effort. I really like his communication. He was one of the better guys getting guys lined up. Sometimes he'd have breakdowns, but that's just kind of what it is. Everybody's going to have a breakdown here and there. I mean, obviously, I talked about uh, A.J. Terrell getting burnt against Jamar Chase, but what are you going to do in that situation, right? But again, I like Kayvon Wallace. I really like these two safeties. Uh, I've chose these guys based off the the kind of where I'm getting with in this second segment, and I'll talk more about this. I've already said it three times, but I will. I Some other guys I like was, like I said, Robert Smith, another guy that was kind of like, uh, he looked like a linebacker, but he was so good at playing that safety spot. He was very, very uh, disciplined. He reminded me a lot of Kayvon Wallace, guys that are not going to run 4-3-40s, guys that are not 6-3, guys that don't have 40-inch verticals, the guys that will give you 110% effort every single play. And then TJ Green, another guy that I really liked. Of course, he was a wide receiver when he came to Clemson. Uh, and, you know, didn't really work out at the position, but they saw something in him that could make him be a versatile safety. He ended up being pretty good for the Tigers as well, good enough to be able to get drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, things didn't work out there. He's moved on now, but <laughs> incredible. Talk about a guy with an incredible size and, you know, measurables, 6'3", 6'4", uh, 220, 230 pounds, ran that 4'4", 4'3", 4'40". He was exactly what... Uh, Kayvon Wallace and Robert Smith were not, but again, I still give the nod to those guys. We're going to be talking more about this in the second segment. Uh, I've got some guys that I really, really like in that linebacker core, and then that nickel safety, nickel Sam spot that I keep talking about. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about my friends over at betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? You should be because the NFL playoffs are here. 
and they are interesting. A lot of crazy things are happening. <laughs> the Browns won a playoff game. The, the Bills are almost to the Super Bowl. What? Uh, we know what happened with them in the 90s. And then you also have Aaron Rodgers over there looking like he's ready to hoist the Lombardi right after they signed a quarterback that everyone thought was going to be his replacement. So what's going to happen with this playoffs? I, I have no idea. But if you need to know the lines and the spreads, there's only one place that has you cover, one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Go today and sign up for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh start few more wins. So if you're the betting type this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're all in here at Locked On Clemson. Thanks for sticking with us. Segment two, we're going to be doing linebackers in this one. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the thing that I kept hinting at in the first segment. That is the nickel Sam position. It's a hybrid role. Uh, you've heard it called a bunch of different things. Rover, I think we called it Rover back in 2005 uh, when I was there. You've heard it called a star, Sam, whip. Um, you've heard uh, even snake in some defenses. It's a guy that basically can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can play cornerback. And in some cases, in this guy's case, he could play defensive end. Anywhere you put him on the field, he could play it. That's Isaiah Simmons. He is my top linebacker in the decade, might even be the top linebacker in the last two decades. He is a freak of nature. There is a reason why he went very high in the NFL draft. He should have went even higher, but the Panthers are idiots and do not like to take the Tigers for some reason. I, I don't understand it, but Isaiah Simmons is a freak of nature. Let's talk about his size for a second. 6'4", 235 pounds. That is a linebacker, sometimes small defensive end at certain school. <laughs> he ran a 4-3-40, which means he's in the top 1% of all players defensively. In fact, he's ran 40s faster than some of the cornerbacks that actually played cornerback the entire time there at 6'4", 235 pounds. He's a monster. He reminds me of a Montez Sweat. Uh, he's that similar size, but also ran like a 4-3-4-4-40. As a defensive end, he plays for the Washington football team now. So Isaiah Simmons could do that. He actually lined up as a defensive end for Clemson before. He's lined up at cornerback. We saw that in the LSU National Championship game. He could play safety when they were doing a three-high safety and a birds-on-the-fence defense look. Uh, the guy can play everywhere. He's played all linebacker spots. He is the most versatile defensive player that I've seen in my time covering Clemson, being at Clemson, and just watching football in general. Um, we, we're missing that spot now. You know, uh, Mike Jones Jr. is playing that spot now. He's not got the same kind of skill set, but at the same time, the guy can play football. So I'm excited about what he can do. But it, you, anytime you have a player that's as transcendent as Isaiah Simmons, it hurts to lose him. Of course, he came to Clemson as a positionless player, just a skinny, scrawny kid uh, who didn't know what to do at all. Uh, but he's so fast. They're like, we've got to figure out what to do with this kid because he's just too good. And then he decides to, hey, I want to be a safety. Well, once they realize he's a safety that's really big and can run, why don't we put him at linebacker safety? And they did that and he flourished. Uh, I wish we had more time with Isaiah Simmons, but it is what it is. I don't want to make this entire episode about Isaiah Simmons. But there are some guys that really paved the way for Isaiah Simmons. And I'll talk about that in a second. But 
Another player that I could have put up in the safety spot was J. Ron Curse. In my opinion, J. Ron Curse was the first version of Isaiah Simmons. Remember, a big safety, similar body type, similar athleticism. Um, J. Ron Curse had longer arms for sure, but was a safety that they ended up playing some linebacker because he was so big and rangy and fast that they can bring him up as a pass rush. A lot of people don't like to add J. Ron Curse to any list because they talk about, you know, the parents sandbagging in the national championship against Alabama. But some of that, yeah, could have been true. He was thinking about the NFL. The other part of that is that Alabama just had a very good scheme against a guy like him. You had film on this guy all year. You know what Clemson likes to do with him. You could bring him down close to the line of scrimmage and put him in the box, or you can leave him back high and be that, you know, baseball outfielder type guy. That's exactly what they did with a guy like Isaiah Simmons. So again, he is the precursor to Isaiah Simmons, but could have put him on the list. But the guy who I think uh, also kind of played that position, but then they ended up just leaving him at Sam was Dorian O'Daniel. He's my next linebacker on this list. Dorian O'Daniel might be the most underrated linebacker that we've had at Clemson. I just really think that his ability to get after the quarterback, but also cover some of your bigger tight ends and cover some of your slot receivers, just put him in a category of his own. But once they realize this guy can play, uh, this is why he's an NFL linebacker right now. He made it to the league because he's that good. He's out there representing Clemson in uh, Super Bowls now. So uh, it, it's really cool to see this guy flourish. And then I also have another player that I really think was underrated at Clemson was Kendall Joseph at linebacker. I think Kendall Joseph reminds me a lot of Kayvon Wallace, another guy that's not super fast but will get the job done because his motor is always there. Very hard hitter, you know, sneaky good uh, pass rush guy. And then another linebacker that I think was the, you know, alpha dog of linebackers at Clemson during his time there was Stephon Anthony. I talked about how guys recruit other guys based off of what they do. You know, we said Taj Boyd helped recruit Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson helped recruit Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence helped recruit DJ Uyunglele. Well, Stephon Anthony, to me, was the guy that helped recruit, you know, Shaq. He helped recruit Trey Lamar. He's that guy that really set the tone for that Mike linebacker position. And really, same for Jamie Skalski, who's there now. Uh, just big guys who are strong and mean and enforcers, who are also athletic and rangy. Behind him, I have Ben Bolware. A lot of people don't think about how good Ben Bolware was. Uh, you know, he's one of the, he's probably the nastiest linebacker that we've had. Just really, really mean out there on the field. You know, I always remember him in the Syracuse game doing some WWE moves. Uh, his NFL career didn't really go anywhere, and that's okay. 90% of players who, don't, who come out of college don't necessarily have a long and fulfilling NFL career. That, there's nothing to be ashamed of with that. But while he was at Clemson, he did a great thing. Uh, he was a great leader, uh, great player, great pass rush, hard hitter. I'm talking about... He sets the tone. We don't have a Jamie Skalski if we don't have Ben Bowler. So again, players recruit each other, and I'm really happy about this linebacker core. I'm actually most most solid on this next to the D-line, which will be coming up in just a few moments. Before you do that, though, let me tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, they are amazing. I put it up against any other candy bar, and it wins 10 out of 10. These things are fantastic. They've improved the flavors even more delicious now. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. You're going to enjoy them. They are decadent as well. They're covered in 100% chocolate and are soft and easy to chew. Uh, you don't have any teeth. You could probably eat these things, but uh, they are healthy for you as well. That's another good positive about them. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. 
that I know that you are. You're probably doing sit-ups right now as you listen to me talk about this. They're going to help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and very high in fiber. Great for the keto diet. And best thing of all, if you order right now, you'll get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Go get some. Coming up tomorrow on Lockdown Clemson is the final episode of the All-Decade series, the All-Decade Team. Which team is the best team between 2010 and 2020? Can't wait to get into that and more right here on Lockdown Clemson. All right, final segment of today's edition of the Lockdown Clemson podcast is here. Thanks for sticking with us. All-Decade defensive line now. Let's talk about it. I'm super excited. I get super giddy when we talk about the defensive line and offensive line, because this is where I think championships are won, in the trenches. I know it's cliche, and I hear a lot of people talking about, well, offenses have really taken off now, so it doesn't matter. But if you're good on the offensive line and the defensive line, that's when you start winning. If you're elite, that's when you start winning national championships. This is why Alabama wins so many national championships. They're just crazy stocked at D-line, and Clemson didn't start winning national championships until they got the defensive line as a unit as a whole, to be elite. Uh, We had great players individually here and there over the years, but then when we started seeing the entire unit be elite, that's when we started winning national championships, and I think we're starting to see more of that now. So without further ado, let's talk about the all-decade defensive line team. I'm going to name my starters first, and then I'll talk about them individually. So let's get after it. My starters are Vic Beasley. They are Cleland Furl. Christian Wilkins, and Dexter Lawrence. Great players that are all fantastic and some of the top players at their position, not only at Clemson, but some of the best and brightest players in the NFL. So let's get into it now. I'm going to start with Dexter Lawrence. 6'4", 345 pounds. That's really all I have to say. The guy came into Clemson as a mammoth. He even lost weight and was still bigger than everybody else. He was that earth mover body type. And being beside Christian Wilkins, his teammate who was also on my all-decade team, was just unfair, especially when you consider what was on the outsides for that same defensive line, too. Uh, Just terrors, but he really clogged up all interior gaps. He was that guy that could play the zero tech, one, three, two eye. It didn't matter what you wanted to do. He could play all of them and was a monster at doing it as well. Just a big, strong, physical, imposing guy. Uh, You know, he didn't even have to always sack the quarterback. People always talk about, oh, his sack numbers aren't that high. Well, defensive tackles usually don't get the sacks. That's the defensive end's jobs. Uh, They're going to be clogging up those interior gaps and doing their jobs along that line. So, you know, Dexter Lawrence really did his job. (laughs) And, you know, I guarantee you no center wanted to have to go head up with this guy at all. He was just bigger than everybody else. He reminds me of a good combination of Trevor Price and Chester McLaughlin and the fridge. And if you know those guys from Clemson history, those guys all together would be a nightmare combination, and that was what Dexter Lawrence was. He's doing big things up in New York now for the Giants, although I hate the Giants. He's doing his thing. Good luck to him. Dexter Lawrence is my starter at defensive tackle. Another guy behind him I could have is DJ Reader, a guy that took some time off at Clemson for a personal tragedy. He had some family members die. but When he came back to the game, he was a different player, like another guy that I'll talk about in a little bit, but was just a different player. He really set the tone. He did his thing, and he's now playing in the NFL, doing great as well. Last I saw, I think he was for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was down in Houston, and no one wants to be there right now. Uh, Good luck to Deshaun Watson. Hopefully he can get traded, but 
Those guys are my starters. I got Dexter Lawrence and DJ Reader right behind him. The other starter I have at tackle would be Christian Wilkins. Again, teammate of Dexter Lawrence. Those two guys together. Christian Wilkins is a crazy player. First of all, he's the nicest, meanest player I've ever seen in my life. You could be out there having fun and dancing and singing. On the other hand, he's in your face talking junk and backing all of it up because he had that kind of ability. Athleticism that I haven't seen in the big men in a long time. I always thought that we should have done what we are seeing with the Ravens and a guy like Patrick Ricard. He is a defensive lineman that they move over to fullback because he's so athletic. He runs the ball. He catches the ball. Christian Wilkins could have done all of that. My fondest memory of him is catching a very long pass from punter Andy Teasdall in a playoff game. <laughs> he was just athletic, tiptoeing down the sidelines. I've even seen him in the spring game play safety. He is that good. He always bugged Dabo about playing quarterback. He never got the shot, which I think is a biggest uh, failure in Dabo's entire career. But I digress. Christian Wilkins was a monster at the position. Now he's doing great things for the Dolphins. I think he ended up uh, being probably the most versatile guy because we also played him at defensive end in the 2017 season because of necessity. We had to actually do that because we had some injuries and guys out. We had Shaq Lawson already going to the NFL. So it's one of those things where Christian Wilkins was able to do whatever he needed to do. So really like Christian Wilkins at that spot. Carlos Watkins was another player behind him that I could have put in this position. Carlos Watkins you know, his football career could have been completely over while he was at Clemson, wrapped around a telephone pole in a car accident. He had to spend some time off because he had hematomas in his leg, couldn't even play. But when he came back, just like DJ Reader, who were, they were actually roommates, those guys just changed. They looked so different. Of course, there's some other players too I could have put in there. Albert Huggins was a great backup for Clemson over the history of time, but he really didn't uh, you know, make as much impact as some of these guys are going to put on here. So again, that's just uh, a preface for why I did not have him on there. Cleveland Furl at defensive end, though, was a monster. He was the guy that took a little time to come on. Remember, he had the red shirt because he had a knee injury from high school, and it took him a year to get really acclimated. But once he was there, we saw the promise in this kid. Now he's a starter for the Oakland Raiders. Actually, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's weird. That's just like the Bilo Center if you're in Greenville or the Washington football team. It's just strange. But again, Cleveland Furl was that trend-setting edge setter, but he was also a fantastic pass rusher, along with the next guy that I'm going to talk about, and Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley wasn't even a linebacker or a defensive end when he came to Clemson. He was a running back, kind of smaller. They put weight on him, strength. He became one of the best pass rushers in Clemson history when they transferred him over to the defensive side of the ball and then moved him again to the defensive end position. He was one of the smaller guys, pass rush specialist. Wasn't necessarily going to set the edge because he's smaller, 6'3", 245 pounds but a great player. Ended up parlaying that into an NFL career. Didn't really do well in Atlanta after a few years because they kind of just screwed him over. And then when he went to my Titans, it just didn't work out and we ended up cutting him. But great player. Some guys that happened behind those guys would be Shaq Lawson. We know Shaq Lawson from the 2015 season. Just a fantastic player. Andre Branch. And then maybe one of the best individual defensive linemen that we've had at Clemson in Daquan Bowers. Daquan Bowers is a part of that 2010 team. People forget about that. But I just think that Cleveland Farrell over his entire career had a better career than Daquan Bowers, in my opinion. And plus, we know that Vic Beasley broke records as a pass rusher. So I'm going to have those guys in my starters. Be interested in seeing who you guys starters would be uh, for the defensive line. And then my last guy, you know, you got to give some love to the punter. That's Bradley Pinion. Without a doubt, Bradley Pinion has been our best punter in Clemson history in the last 20 years. I, I don't remember a guy that was better than Bradley Pinion. 
you know, ends up going into the NFL and having a great career now. He's one of the better punters in Clemson history and one of the better punters in current NFL punting right now. So give him the credit. Behind him, you'd have Will Spires. I know a lot of people rag on Will Spires. Ah, he's got bad punting. He does this. He does this. But uh, truth be told, he's one of the better punters that we've had in a while. He's definitely better than Andy Teasdall. Uh, we'll see what happens with Aiden Swanson. Of course, I cannot add him to this list because not one he hadn't even started at Clemson yet, so we'll see. But uh, Will Spires definitely deserves a shot here. But with that said, we're at the end of today's episode. Thanks for sticking with us. Please follow me on Twitter. That's at Ellis Tolbert, E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T for more conversation. I would love to have you. And please be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Clemson Podcast. That way you can get the episodes when they drop, as they drop, five days a week. You don't want to miss a single thing. We've got a great week of Clemson sports coming up. As always, it's great to be a Clemson Tiger. I'll catch you here tomorrow, right here on Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.